we, we got Andrew on the line. What do you want to ask him? So currently I'm in the oil and gas industry. Uh, my main concern is, you know, the schedule that comes with, you know, with the job. My biggest challenge is, is, is kind of balancing the W2, you mm-hmm. know, with starting the syndication business. At what point do you think it makes sense to step away from your day job in order to get your business going? And the answer is it's going to depend on your individual situation, right? Like if you have a spouse that works, significant other that works, it makes it a lot more palatable to say, you know what? Hey, I, I know people that have never done a deal and they're like, you know what? I'm jumping all in. This is the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Briscoe. Now, this podcast is designed for the aspiring apartment investor and literally gives them the opportunity to ask the questions that will help them get to the next level. So if you're an aspiring apartment investor, this podcast is for you. Now, this podcast is brought to you by the Tribe of Titans Multifamily Educational Community. It's your one-stop shop for learning how to succeed at apartment investing. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. I'm your host, Brian Briscoe, and I'm very excited for today's show. It's one of our Ask the Expert episodes, and we got two great people on the line with us today. We got Andrew Shutsky and Julio Garcia. So, Andrew, Julio, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Appreciate it, Brian. No problem. Hey, and Andrew, as as is tradition on the podcast, you are going to be up first. So let's talk about you for a minute. Tell us, do us a favor. Uh, and I hate doing this part. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's all right. That's all no, right. No, uh, I mean, I, I've always, you know, it's a real estate focused show, right? So we'll kind of gear it around that. But I, I'm a, I've spent 20 years building a W two career. You know, I consider myself to be successful. I enjoy what I do. I like the people I work with. You know, make good money, all that. Um, but kind of what left, left me wanting more was, you know, do I want to do this forever? Number one. And number two, is this the legacy I want to leave for my kids? I know we'll talk about my why and all that. And this plays a huge part of that. Um, I've always been, had a passion for real estate investing in the, the single family short-term rental space for the better part of 15 years now. You know, about two and a half years ago, I came to the realization that building this empire, quote unquote, mm-hmm. brick by brick, leaving a legacy may not ever happen, <laughs> you know, closing those properties, significant amount of effort, significant amount of capital, oh, resource yeah. intensive, uh, all, all the aspects above. So it's led me ultimately to bigger pockets, like many other people are out there and a number of podcasts. I found a 60 page thread, which I read through on a vacation. My wife, she was thrilled about that. <laughs> Duke to nuts, all 60 pages in one sitting. She was, she was freaking out. She's like, what are you doing? We're on vacation. What do you do? I couldn't stop reading it. Right. He's so like, it's actually cool, a, honey. This is absolute gold, man. I, yeah. I know. I'm like, it's cool. I got, we're gonna, I got a plan. We're gonna, we're gonna make this all work. You know, little did I know, it's a lot more work than it seemed in the beginning. But um, I was hooked. I mean, I read that thread two or three times over on that vacation. Again, my wife is pissed. She sees why now. But yeah. you know, joined right. You know, following that, took big action. Joined a mastermind group. You know, read probably 30, 35 books back to back. You know started my own podcast, Crushing Cashflow, just to learn more and just to interview like some really, really intelligent people. And then from there, it took off. You know, I'm my third, lucky enough to be part of my third general partnership now, uh, invested in about 1,100 doors over the past, uh, let's say, you know, really 18 months, including the LP stuff I did in the beginning. So 
uh, again, kind of live, you know, playing both roles right now, building the, building the business still in the, very much in the W2 and enjoying that space, but wanted flexibility, wanted to leave behind a legacy for my kids. So that's my story in about a two minute nutshell. Nice. Nice. So, so a couple, a couple of questions I want, I want to dive into. Sure. Um, now you mentioned you, you started the podcast. Did you say you started the podcast to learn more? Was that your, your focus on that one? Yeah, was, I, I guess there was a couple a couple points which it kind of evolved into something a, a bit bigger. Number one was it's a great place I found to meet you know like minded professionals and to get a you know 20, 30 minute conversation going and then share that conversation with other people. Yeah. But it's also really just a, a powerful point of networking. And you know, I wanted to put my and there's a ton of as you know, ton of multifamily shows, ton of real estate shows, ton of financial you know based shows out there, but. What I've learned is there's nothing like you're doing your own, right? You're going to ask different questions. You put it, you kind of put your thumbprint and your your own retinal, you know, uh, serial number on that. So, oh, which absolutely. is really cool. Really yeah, cool. Something I've noticed in, in, you know, anybody who's looking to start a podcast, you know, I, I, I do encourage it, but you know, you call somebody up and I don't know how many times you've gotten this question is like, Hey, can I pick your brain? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are just like, mm, you know what? Yep. My brain hurts. You know, too many people have called me to, to pick it. But you call the same person up and say, hey, you want to come on my podcast, have a 40 minute conversation and we'll record it and put it out to the masses. Boom. Yes. You know, the yeah, it's a win win, right? Yeah, it gives so. them a little bit of, you know, the more airtime, the better if you're if you're an entrepreneur, right? You want to get your name out there. You want to get you want to make more connections. And it's a win win for the host. You get to learn as you go. Right. And that's that's the, I wouldn't call it a hidden secret, but like it's a natural connection point that it's like you said, it's a you know. Hey, can you spare 15 minutes versus a podcast? Sounds a lot more meaningful for both parties, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of the that's one of the things that I underestimated when starting this podcast is how much I would learn. Yes. Know, the business, you know, and this is this is going to be episode, I think 260, 261. Wow. Don't, don't, don't but yeah, but yeah. Lots of conversations. So um so that said, let's let's talk a little bit about you say you you enjoy your W2. What field do you work in? I work in technology, so I'm a CIO or what, you know, for the people who don't know the acronyms, head of IT for a medical device company. And I spent, you know, like I said, the last 20 years building uh, different roles between supply chain, logistics, technology, always had a knack and passion for technology. Um, and yeah, I invested a lot of time and effort. I enjoy what I do, but, you know, ultimately you're not, you're not completely in control in these types of jobs, right? So yeah, absolutely. You know, it's something that I've, I've realized, you know, I had a pretty safe and stable government job for a long time, but, uh, you know, as, as secure as you think you are, you know, a new president in, in my job, a new president comes in and all of a sudden yeah. your job changes, you know, it's like, oh, we're cutting the military by, you know, 15% and pink. What are you going to do? Uh, you know? So I watched a lot of buddies leave and, and whatnot, and I was fortunate, but uh, yeah, I don't think any W2 is really super secure, but that's uh, what, and like the, one of the b- biggest questions I get from friends and family, we'll go to like, you know, was at a you know birthday party the other day? And, you know, they always ask like, Hey, you're doing absolutely, you're doing it so well on your job. Like, why do you stress yourself out by, you know, building a business on the side? And I'm like, look, it, it yeah. to me, it's all about have number two, two things. Number one, it's all about having options, right? Like maybe you continue on the journey doing the thing forever. Right. And for 20, 30, have, depending on how old you are forever, maybe, maybe you don't have that option. But why not build things, but why not build yourself some options, some levers to pull two, three, four, five years down the line that, hey, this is going really well. I'm passionate about it. And it's exciting, something you enjoy doing, meeting people. 
why not? Why not build yourself options, right? I mean, what, how come that hurt? Yes, it's more work. It's more effort, but I don't even look at it that way. Yeah, it is effort and it does take time away from other things, but you're building things and it's cool to really build something for yourself and it's cool to leave a legacy behind. That's my number two. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot, lot of goodness there. A lot of goodness there. I mean, I, I spent... Uh... You might my last three years of active duty building building a business to, to get to where it's at right now. But uh yeah, and it was it was for, for me it was it was my exit plan. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, eventually want to exit their W2, but yeah. you know, it gives you so many options. You know, it, it, it does. does. It's, it's like I mean, and me looking back at my life, I mean, if I were to rewind, you know, two to three years ago, if I didn't have multifamily as an option. I would still be active duty, you know, mm-hmm. and who knows, who knows where I'd be right now. You know, it's, it's kind of how that would work. You know, every, every two to three years, they, they pick your family up and move them. And I don't even know where I'd be living right now or what I'd be doing. So yeah, it gives you a lot of options and lets you, lets you be in control of, you know, your life essentially. So and you can, can guarantee if you do nothing, uh, you know, to build that empire, to build your next steps, there, there'll be very limited options for you. Yeah. yeah. It's like one option clean to that W2, right? Correct. So, yeah. um, so, so another question, you mentioned you're, you're very deep into technology. Um, what do you do much with technology in your properties? I mean, you're integrating technology into what you do as well in, in the multifamily space. Yeah. Naturally what I'm finding is I didn't, believe this to be a unique one of my unique skill sets because I figured, hey, everybody knows how to run a portal. Everybody knows how to set up CRM and active campaign. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows how to build a, you know, uh, a lead magnet on a website. Mm-hmm. And I find that, you know, between that and having some structure and project management background, like you bring a very unique skill set that's much needed to most partnerships. In fact, I took that for granted. Yeah. And and now I'm that I'm finding that be, be a differentiator for myself. So maybe those listening out there have another unique skill that you're probably overlooking. You're taking you're assuming that oh, this is common. It's a dime a dozen, but it's probably yeah. not. <laughs> I know how to pay somebody to set up my active yes. campaign. And I know how to pay yeah. somebody to do a website for me, you know, but uh, yeah, those, those are skills that I did not come to the table with. And we've paid yeah. a pretty hefty price to get those, those things set up with third parties. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah. There, there's a lot of skill sets and fortunately yours translate, you know, directly to, to certain aspects of, of the business, which is, which is awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like to joke around, you know, one of my last jobs in the in the Marine Corps was shooting airplanes down. You know, that, there's no, <laughs> no direct translation, you know, in, in the market for that. Hey, man, so, maybe a property is not going well. You just need to put it out of its misery. Well, cool. So let's we, we screwed. We, you kind of talked a little bit about your reasons, you know, and, and yeah. what I'd like you to do is is distill those down, if you can, and into what, what I like to call the big burning why. Mm-hmm. So number one, first and foremost, is just leave behind a legacy. I always like the quote, you know, live the life you want your kids to become, right? So if you, you know, you're setting a great example, for instance, you know, my kids see me reading every morning, they see me doing this type of stuff, like, dad, your, 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 your job's over, your day's over. Like, why are you still on camera? Why are you still in meetings? And I'll explain it to them, like, hey, like all these cool things you like to do and these trips you like to take. And you want daddy to have flexibility, you know, five years on the line, you wanted me to join more of your activities and stuff. This is my, this is my purpose. Like I want to leave behind, set a great example and leave behind a legacy that can hopefully live for multiple generations. And doing that with just a W2, even at an executive level, like I'm doing now, it's possible, but I don't want to live like in a, you know, in a tent and leave so frugally, I can't enjoy life either. Right. So that's, that's primarily my reason. It's pretty simple, man. It's, I love to leave behind a legacy. I want to do something different than just live a corporate nine to five every day, even though, again, could be perfectly happy doing that, 
I wanted something different. I wanted to leave behind an example. I wanted to live the life that I want them to live. Right. And I want them to see that for multiple generations, ideally. Pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. Super simple. You know, live live the life you want your kids to live. I mean, that's a lot lot of wisdom in that. You know, I I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that. When I was just thinking, thinking back on, you know, how my parents lived and how I, I adopted a lot of what my parents did just because that's what I saw every day. So um, I'm yeah. not sure that's what they wanted, but uh, that, that's what ended up happening. Good points. I, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while now. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that. Um, yeah, no problem. But sure. uh, while, while I'm still, you know, crunching down on that, can you let's talk about some of the the deals you've done. So pick your mm-hmm. first or your favorite or your most recent. Yeah. And walk us through one of the the apartments that you you guys have have purchased and tell us. Yeah. How We've got one under contract now, and I won't talk too many details, right? Because it's still under wraps. And of course, it's like, you know, maybe it's a, uh, I don't know, fallacy or whatever, like bad luck or something to talk about until before you close. But mm-hmm. so it's a 228 unit property. So by far the largest one I've been a part of, even being a small part of that, I'm really excited. And it was really, you build a reputation as you, as you start this business, right? One, you pretty, you know, I started my first one, I started off Hey, I'll do anything. Like I've got, here's my corporate background. Here's the skills I bring to the table. I've got great connections. Like I'll do anything. And I started out doing many different roles, asset management, helping to find deals, helping to structure the construction behind the things. And it's, I'm burning myself out. Right. So I realized what I what I really like doing is connecting with people. You know, the podcast is a big part of that. Um, I love networking with like-minded, you know, technology and engineering professionals who want a better way of life. Mm-hmm. So I kind of become the investor relations guy. And the way I found this, this third deal, the 228 unit was by reputation, right? Like, Hey, I manage these properties. I got my name out there. Um, word starts to spread referrals come out there. And then, you know, one of one, uh, one person from my mastermind group was like, Hey, I'd love to have you on the team. I love what you bring. I love the energy you bring to the table, even though I know you can't raise $10 million or anything, you don't have to, that's okay. You don't have to be the master of everything, but you know, my, my goal is to, Hey, focus on one thing, especially while you're doing two jobs, mm-hmm. focus on one thing for me, it's the investor relations, maybe help with a little bit of the capital planning and the, and the, and the, um, I enjoy like the DIY projects anyway. So I enjoy doing that at scale. Right. So pick one or two things you're really good at. You can always expand on the line, but don't try, don't make the mistake I did in my first property, which was be all hands and be everything to everybody. You're not going to please anybody doing that. And right, it's including right. yourself. Yeah. And I think you mentioned earlier, I mean, you, you burn out when you try to do everything too. So, yes. Um, yes. Definitely a Absolutely. team sport and you got to learn to pass the ball. Yep. Basically what it comes down to. So, um, well, cool. Hey, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I hope all, all sure. goes well with it. And uh, thank um, you. It's a nice, sizable little deal there, but it um, is, it is. Yeah. yeah. For me, it doesn't, I mean, I'm grateful for any opportunity, but uh, when something of scale comes along, you're, you're all, of course all ears, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, 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 all, it's a lot of fun and a lot of people like multifamily for the scalability of it. It doesn't, you know, for example, our largest property is 167 units. Our smallest is 16. You know, we are not spending 10 times as much time yeah. On, on the 160 as we're spending on the 16, right? But, you know, the profits scale and the work doesn't quite scale. We're probably, Correct. Spending, <laughs> you know, five to eight times more, but we're not spending 10 times more. So yeah, um, yeah. great point. Scale, scalability there. But uh, anyway, that's it. What's, what's next for you? So, I mean, I, I've got, you know, I think it's always important. Everybody has goals in mind and where they want to take their business, regardless of whatever, whatever you can control, I mean, or can't control, but I like to focus on things I can control, right? So I continue to build partnerships, can continue to build my investor network. And I, you know, I've got kind of goals set for, you know, how many 
deals I'd like to do per year. And I'm looking to do, I'm a quality over quantity guy, especially while I work in two jobs. But even yeah. without that, I'd still, you know, two or three deals a year yeah. um, and, and increasing size, maybe complexity over time will get me where I need to be in 10 years. And that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that two to three a year and just yeah. um, look for quality over quantity. I think that's, that's, that's huge. A lot of people are in a race to get a certain amount of units or a certain amount of deals closed. And uh, I think you need to have the quality over quantity uh, mindset, especially in today's market. So, and my, and I'm glad you brought that up because my my metric was never you know number of doors. Oh, of course, it's going to translate into that, right? But my my primary thing is I love to help a thousand investors invest over the next ten years. So maybe a hundred a year, or adding a hundred a year, whatever whatever the numbers works out to be. Yeah. I like to think of them first, right? Because I am an investor first and foremost. I invest in all the deals. And I want to help as many of them, you know, busy professionals who are interested in diversifying or learning about real estate. I want to help as many as I can. And that number for me right now, I had 10,000. I'm like, let me back it down to a thousand yeah. for now. It's, it's more manageable. Yeah. I'm not doing, I'm not doing crowdfunding, right? Let me get to a thousand <laughs> and, then, and then it's extrapolate. So, right, right. Yeah. And you know, that, that's a nice, even number to pick, you know, a couple of zeros on the end. And uh, that, that's actually my, my number, you know, we, we have our, our educational program is, I want to help a thousand people find their first deals or actually the way I have it worded is how help people find a thousand, find and close on a thousand properties. So that's awesome. um, So I like that number. Good, good, nice, nice, hairy goal for us to both chase. So definitely. All right. Well, let's said we're going to shift gears and bring Julio on. So Julio, welcome. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. (laughs) Good to have you on. And uh, so do us a favor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I've been in the oil and gas industry for about 10 years now, uh, doing uh, single family rentals kind of part time. The last five years or so, we've we've acquired about three to four uh, single family homes. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but, yeah, the, you know, uh, we're moving along, trying to trying to start to get syndication full time. I'm trying to step away from uh, from the oil and gas industry. Uh, mostly because of the of the time, you know what I mean. It, it, it takes, you know, at the day job and everything. I'm looking for a little bit more freedom. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, is is that why you started buying your your single family portfolio? Is for the same reason, or is this something new that's uh, come later? No, it's actually why I start. We started with the uh, the single family. Uh, we were that was kind of the plan to to acquire, you know, enough single families to kind of take over the, uh, my monthly expenses, you know, which is what a lot of investors, you know, their, their, their plan is at the start of it. But yeah, we noticed that it's a little bit, a little bit harder to scale that, you know, uh, single family homes, it, it might take a little bit longer than, than we're anticipating. So we definitely wanted to make the jump to something a little bit faster. Yeah. I remember, I remember many years ago and this was, this is probably, you know, six years ago, I had a handful of single family homes and I actually pulled out a spreadsheet and I said, okay, the last single family home, this was the purchase price. This was the down payment. This is how much is cash flowing. And I projected that out. I'm like, if I can buy two per year, if I can buy three per year, yep. how long is it going to take me to get yep. to my goal? And the answer was way, way too long. I had to figure out, I'm like, man, God. Yep. <laughs> Same here, man. Same Whoa. here. Yeah. You know, I, I think uh, with, with a sample home that I started with, um, it wasn't in a high cash flow area. I was going to need 60 single family homes to reach, reach my monthly cash flow goals. But yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people who get into single family eventually make the same realization that we made is that we, we, we got to figure out a way to scale faster. 
because this, sure. this is going to happen. So, um, so looking to get into multifamily now. So here's here's a question that I, I love to ask everybody. You know, what is your motivation for getting into to multifamily? What's your big burning why? Uh, my motivation. So I'm a big family guy. Uh, get a little deep here. One of my worst fears was, you know, I have two daughters. So waking up one day and my daughter's being all grown up and not having any memories to show for it, you know, and with, you know, with being in oil and gas, it, it takes up a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I just like the, uh, I have the strong desire for the uh, freedom that, you know, investing in multifamily offers. Yeah. Uh, another thing is my parents are kind of getting, you know, they're, they're getting, they're getting aged. And uh, so they're kind of going into retirement and they never really had any, uh, any retirement plan while they, while they work. So mm-hmm. kind of want to help them out as well. Uh, and I just like genuinely like helping people, you know, I, I like uh, working with kids. Uh, I grew up playing sports, so I really want to, you know, help out any way I can. I like, you know, uh, coaching kids and either that is football, baseball, softball, whatever it is. So I kind of just want to be there, you know, especially for my girls when they start growing up, uh, be at the at the softball games and at the volleyball yeah. games, things like that. You know what I mean? So it yeah. all comes yeah. with the freedom. I absolutely, I, I coach two basketball teams right now, you know, one, one 10 and under and one six and under, cause I got a 10 year old and a six year old, a nine year old and a six year old. But, uh, um, wow. you know, one thing you said, just, just kind of hit home with me. I mean, I, I was active duty for 20 years and there, there was a couple year span where it was, you know, deployment, deployment, deployment. And, uh, one of my daughters was really young and not too, not too long ago, my wife, said, Hey, do you remember when she used to do this? And I started really, really thinking, and I have very few memories of her as a really little girl, you know, and, and that's part of that. That was part of my why as well Is I didn't want to, you know, I I realized that I did have big gaps in my memory. They're called deployments of of, of my kids growing up, but uh, yeah, really, really hit home with me on that one. So, you know, hopefully we, we can help you. You know, if, if, we, if we can do a little bit to help you today, I think that's, that's my goal. So for sure. Yeah, yes, sir. That's Appreciate it. We, we got Andrew on the line. What do you want to ask him? All right. So, uh, yeah, Andrew, <laughs> appreciate you. First of all, for taking the time. Of course. Uh, Happy to help. So currently I'm in the oil and gas industry. Uh, my main concern is, you know, the schedule that comes with, you know, with the job, it, it doesn't allow for, for a set routine since I'm on a swing schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently I'm switching from, you know, uh, days to nights weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my biggest challenges is, is kind of balancing the W2, mm-hmm. you know, with starting the syndication business. At what point do you think it makes sense to step away from your day job in order to get your business going? I mean, that, that's a great question. That's a, something I've asked, you know, when I was exploring this a couple of years ago, I've asked that to many people and I've had them ask me that. And I, the answer is it's going to depend on your individual situation, right? Like if you have a spouse that works, significant other that works, it makes it a lot more palatable to say, you know what? Hey, I, I know people that have never done a deal and they're like, you know what? I'm jumping all in. Like I'm going in from day one. I know other people that have been doing this for five years in parallel. They're making great money on both ends and they're still like, eh, I, you know, <laughs> still not quite comfortable. And it depends on how flexible your situation is. Like yeah. I'm lucky and fortunate enough to work from home every day. I have a pretty fluid schedule. Like I work a lot with Europe. So my mornings are pretty busy. Afternoons, not, not as bad. So I can work around that. But if I had to do, you know, second or third shift somewhere, I'd probably be looking to accelerate things, but you know, yeah. the things are being flexible. Everybody's situation is different. Like for you, it sounds yeah. like, Hey, it's not as predictable. I can't really set up calls with investors and talk to brokers with that type of schedule. 
you've got a couple of options. One, one is I look for a different W2 in the meantime to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. Or two is I say, screw it and go all in and jump in. And hey, maybe I've got a spouse that can support me for now, or I can, I can you know, downsize my standard of living. That could accelerate. So you have a couple of levers you can pull. But it's up to you know everybody's comfort level as to like how fast is too fast and how much do I need to have built like how much like I wouldn't recommend jumping in your first month or anything like that but like once you've got systems established you've got some leads and follow ups maybe you've done a deal or two I I would say at least do a deal or two to make sure you like it (laughs) because I can tell you I think there's a misconception that like hey it creates all this freedom and it does but it's still a significant amount of work I can't tell you how many nights of sleep I have lost thinking about. Oh crap! What if the roof leaks in this property? I mean, it it is intense yeah. in terms of your your mental you know processing yeah. power required, yeah. and how and there is a significant time commitment, but it does buy you flexibility as to when you get the work done. I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah, I, I think I think for me there there was a clear point, you know, and it was it was it was very obvious that. Um, now I, I enjoyed what I did for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have stayed in, in in the Marine Corps for twenty years if I didn't, right? But uh, I started multifamily as my my exit strategy, but there came a point to where I started looking mm-hmm. at my W two as impeding me from doing what I wanted. <laughs> um, now, if if I had the ability and the flexibility to leave at that point, that's what I would have done. But um, you know, for me, it was there was an obvious you know an obvious time where it was like. I started to get a lot of traction. We were closing deals. We were, yeah. you know, and my my W two was impeding me. And in that case, that's where I probably should have jumped. Um, in my case, you know, in order to get a retirement pension for the rest of my life, I had to stay in for another you know year or so. But uh, yeah. I think for a lot of people, the answer becomes obvious once you start working both ends. You know, once once you start working the multifamily, and I agree with what Andrew said. Make sure you get one or two under contract and. And you you know it's what you want to do, yeah. And then the answer should be obvious as as, as to when. Appreciate that. Uh, for for new syndicators starting out, uh, what advice do you have when uh, looking for uh, uh, co GPs? Uh, do you have like a laid out system, or uh, it's more of like verbal connection and getting to know that person? Yeah. You know, I've kind of started with the trial and error approach, probably like many other people. Right. And I'd say the first thing you want to do, and this is a lesson learned for me. And I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier mm-hmm. is number one, know, know the one thing you want to start working at and get really good at, whether you're the investor relations guy, or you want to work with brokers, you want to be, Hey, I'm a great project manager. I've got the background in construction. I know how to run a property. Know the one thing you bring to the table. And then as you start, as you start networking, which I think that. It takes work and time, but it's not hard, right? It just takes effort to connect with different people. And I look at it like speed dating, right? You're coming in clear with like what I bring to the table. You're listening for things that maybe you're not good at. Mm -hmm. Because again, I talked about, hey, trying to be the asset manager, trying to be the deal finder. If I were clear on that in the beginning, beginning. things could have went a lot quicker, right? If I say, hey, I want to be the IR guy, I can help with this and that. But that's what I'm sticking to. Like later on, I'll expand. Yeah. You're going to get a lot, you're going to, you're going to weed out a lot of partners right away, but you're also going to attract people. Oh, this guy really knows what he wants to do. Like, I love that. And maybe I'm looking for that's that skill set you bring to the table. So you can, yeah. you can, you can cut these 45 minute speed dating sessions down to maybe <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes, because it's all about like, yeah. it's, I like the flipping cards analogy, right? Whether investors or finding co-GPs and partners, 
you're going to flip some twos and threes and fours before you hit the jacks, queens, kings, and aces, right? Yeah. So it's a numbers game. I mean, I'm, I still look for uh, my ideal state is to find one or two groups I want to work with long term, like 10 plus years, and not be just doing one deal all the time. But I think you got to, you can just put yourself out there and know what you want to, what the one value prop you bring to the table to start out with. Be really crisp about that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, net, networking is is absolutely key. Get in front of more and more people and know what you want. You know, I, I've told people many a times, you know, my, my strategy before the call, we were talking about the best ever conference, but my strategy at conferences mm-hmm. like that or any networking session is I know what I want going yeah. in. Yep. All right. And if I'm at a networking session, a physical networking session, um, if I start talking to somebody, I'm talking with them for three to five minutes and I realize this is not who I'm looking for. I will very politely find a way to excuse myself and go look for the person that I'm looking for. You know, so that, that's that's my networking mentality is, you know, you have to, as Andrew said, you have to know what you're looking for first and then be very deliberate about finding it. And then once 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 you find somebody, you know, if there was a way to test drive a relationship, do everything you can to test drive a relationship because you don't know what you don't know what it's going to be like working with these guys until you actually work with them. So yeah. Um, yeah. Don't go, don't go enter an LLC with somebody you've never done a deal with. I've, I know people have done that and typically it doesn't work out well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. It's, it's sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, but yeah, why not? Uh, why not de-risk any, any situation you can buy? Yeah. Like, like Brian said, get the reps in, yeah. do a deal or two. And that, that was great advice I was given earlier on. And I'm glad I had that. For sure. All right. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Uh, yeah. How soon? How soon should a new syndicator do you think uh, have their you know investor portal or website uh, up and running? So two different questions. So the website, I'd say immediately. So once you've gone through the process of knowing, you know, who is your investor avatar, if you're going to build a brand, once you've got clear on what you who you're going after, who you're targeting, who you're marketing to, there's no reason to hold back on the website. The portal, I'd say, you know, you don't really, that's money down the drain to me. I'm frugal as much as I can be. That's money down the drain. You don't need to be investing. Uh, Even on your first deal, especially if it's a smaller deal, I I did it the manual way for two. And now that we have it on the third, it's awesome to have, Mm -hmm. but it's by no means, unless you're doing 50 investors right away, which probably won't, you don't need that. That's not a necessity. In fact, if you join a a more experienced co-GP, if you use something like Syndication Pro, they can invite you as a co-sponsor. You can use that tool for free anyway. Yeah. So that's what I've learned. Like I was thinking the same thing. Oh, I should go buy all this stuff. I'll go buy a CRM. <laughs> no, you need a website, you need an email address. Um, you know, ideally you have some type of CRM, I'd say would be a priority, like an active campaign or something like that. So you can keep track and organize your contacts, have a follow-up process, have your drip campaign educate your investors. I can't emphasize that enough. Mm-hmm. Have that in place. The portal and stuff can come later. You don't need all that stuff at once. My, my advice, but I yeah. Brian, if you, do you agree with that or anything? You, Wholeheartedly you, agree. And I will say yeah. I delayed way too long getting that website up. You know, I, I was yeah. probably a couple of months into trying to raise capital for the first deal before we had any yeah. semblance of a website. And it was my partner yeah. that did that. But, uh, one, one of the things that helps legitimize you in a lot of people's minds is a website. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy. I kind of had the attitude that, you know, yeah. I'm not going to wait until the website's up to start doing things, but I delay yeah. way too often. And I, I got the question many, many times, hey, well, do you have a website? Can I get information from your website? Or, hey, and some, something just, just to keep in mind is, 
you know, your website's going to be open 24 seven, you know, so people at yeah. two o'clock in the morning can say, yeah, I talked to that Brian guy. He told me about his website, you know, tap it in. So um, I would say don't delay any more than possible getting the website up hundred percent agree. And then same thing with the investor portal. You know, I, I would say delay until you get your first deal. And if you can mm-hmm. piggyback or co-GP with somebody else who's paying that expense, because it is a big expense. It is. Yeah, yeah. Sure, for sure. But I would say right right around the time you get your first deal, if it's, if, it's a, if it's a sizable deal, get the investor portal. If it's a small deal with friends and family, you can probably do without for your first, maybe your Yep. Agreed. All right. All right. Uh, and uh, lastly, are you, uh, Andrew, are you currently acting as a, a sponsor or equity partners for any future deals uh, with other syndicators? Yeah. In fact, uh, like, I, like I mentioned, I'm, I've kind of dialed in investor relations. I've chosen not to keep continuing with brokers right now. Maybe I'll explore that later on. But uh, no, my prim- primarily objective, primary objective right now is to help other syndicators get deals closed, to help market them, to bring to bring my investors to the table and, and to help with planning. Right. Uh, you got to know, again, what you're bringing, what value equation you want to bring. But I I don't enjoy as much the back and forth, you know, looking at 200 deals. I'd rather invest my time finding partners who do a really good job at that and have the time and energy to devote to it. So that's kind of, that's where I landed and that's why. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with being the person that looks at the 200 deals yeah. to find one, but it's yeah. got to be something you're good at and it's yes. got to be something yeah. you like doing. You know? And, there and are the problem, there. the problem for me is I, I, I feel like I do like doing it and I am pretty good at it. It just, you can't do everything. So yeah. you got to pick one. <laughs> yeah. No, and I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm the exact, yeah. I've got two degrees in math. Can yeah. I underwrite? Yeah, I can underwrite. Yeah. You know, do, do I know how to work spreadsheets and manipulate numbers? A hundred percent, you yeah. know, but when, when it comes down to it, I'm also good at raising capital. I'm also yeah. good at, you know, relations. But for, for me, it comes down to, I'm good at this part. I'm good at that part. What do I want to focus on? And that's, yep. that's how I answer the question is like, what do I enjoy more? And I'll find people to fill in the gaps everywhere else. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess Julio, your question for you, what, what are you good at and what do you enjoy doing? Uh, so currently right now I'm, uh, I mean, I like, I like numbers, you know, don't throw any algebra or anything at me, but I, you know, I, I kind of get a kick out of underwriting deals. I like, uh, you know, touring properties. I have kind of a, I mean, I've, like I said, I've rehabbed, I rehabbed a couple of my, uh, single family homes that I, you know, that I have in my portfolios. That's something I enjoy doing kind of overlooking, you know, construction and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, Right now, I'm looking to to kind of get away from from the oil and gas. So, you know, hopefully here in the future, I have a little bit more time to yeah. <laughs> to be kind of boots on the ground. You know, yeah, that's that's what I'm uh, working towards. Yes, I was going to say, Ola, you happen to be you're lucky enough to live in a hot spot for multifamily anywhere in Texas, but especially Houston. Yeah, a couple of the buddies, that's an advantage in itself, right? That's and, exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Say, yeah, you me yeah. too. Houston's a great place to be boots uh, on the ground because there's a lot of people who are trying to, you know trying to get into that market and a lot of people who are investing from out of state into any Texas city right now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. For sure. I'll right. sleep on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Julio, you mentioned with your, with your last question that it was your last question. Do you, do you have anything else you want to put, put, uh, put us to the test on? Uh, no. Uh, All right. You know, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting off. I'm, I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of people, you know, that, that want to start syndicating, uh, what's, uh, as a, you know, a starting syndicator, what's one thing that you guys would recommend, uh, 
that you know would accelerate the uh, the first the first deal. Good, Andrew, you take that. I'll, first. I'll hit that one. Yeah. I'd say pretty straightforward, not easy to do, but just get your name out there. But keep doing podcasts like this. Go to meetups, meetup events locally and nationally. Um, you know, attend webinars if you can. Network with like-minded professionals. You know, join a tribe of your choice or a mastermind group, you know, just getting your name out there. Cause whether you're going after investor relations, yeah, I, I see I'm free, free shameless plug for Brian. I've heard great yeah, things right? about his group. I mean, <laughs> you know, groups like that are great. I mean, I know he's getting a lot of my members, a lot of choices out there, but doing something, I mean, yeah. don't, don't overanalyze it. Like I've done in the past and, and run, you know, crunch numbers and spreadsheets for two years, take action, go out there, get your yeah. name out there, have fun. Yeah. And then you can refine your process to go, but just take the first step, go, go connect with people. Yeah. I, I, I would double down on that and say, if you want to accelerate, the fastest way to accelerate is to find a partner that can help you. You know, you, you mentioned you have, you have time issues, you know, so find, find something that you can do and you can perform yeah. and find a partner who, who needs that, that aspect. Right. So, you know, when, when my, and we, we talked about this, you know, a week ago, but when my schedule flipped similar to yours, where I was like days, one week nights, the next week, um, that's when I started really focusing on, you know, things like the social media presence for the company, the podcast and things like that, because, you know, I knew I couldn't record anything these four days, but I knew I had openings on these four days when I had my, my days open. So, you know, it's just a matter of re- figuring out what you can do with your constraints and finding yeah. a partner that can help you out with everything else. And that's, in my mind, the fastest way to accelerate is to find somebody who can multiply your efforts. Fully agree. Yeah. Thank you for that, guys. Appreciate it. No problem. All right. Well, um, anything else from you today, Julio? Uh, for me, no. Uh, I appreciate the time. You know, uh, you know, it's been it's been a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, I very much thank you for coming on, and um, we'll wrap things up with one final question for each of you. Andrew, you get to go first. How can our listeners learn more about you? So really simple. I don't like to give away seven different points of contact and confuse everybody. Go to our website. Everything kind of funnels through there. It's investwithredline.com. Our company's name is Redline Equity. We've got tons of education. We've got blogs coming out every week. We've got a free eight-part learning series. Whether you're a first-time investor or a you know 10th time or 20th time investor, you'll probably learn one thing at least. And that's my goal is to you know come away with one big learning. So right. website, investwithredline.com. Check us out there. You can find our podcast through there. You can find the blogs through there. You can find our learning series through there. Everything goes through there. All right. So one-stop shop, investwithredline.com. And we'll have that in the yeah. show notes for anybody who's interested. Awesome. Julio, same question for awesome. you. How can listeners learn more about you? So I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't have a website, but I, I am on he will. LinkedIn. He will and, soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Absolutely. So yeah. So, All right. And, we'll put, a, we'll put a, uh, a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. And um, since you're probably not the only Julio Garcia in the world, um, you know, if you're interested in connecting with him, definitely hit those show notes up and uh, grab the right Julio Garcia. So um, appreciate that. Uh, yeah, there, we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there may, there may not be many Julio Garcia's in oil and gas in Houston. So that might yeah, be no. something to look for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably at least a dozen, though. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, hey, thanks, guys, for coming on the show today. I had a great time, learned a little, and hope you guys did, too. That was a blast. Thanks for having us, Brian. All right. Thank you, man.
Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast by the Tribe of Titans. If you're still listening, you obviously liked it. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already, and then make sure to check out our YouTube channel, which incidentally has a ton of video content that you'll also enjoy and learn from. Now, if you're interested in being on the show, go to our website, diaryofanapartmentinvestor.com and fill out the questionnaire on the website. And for more educational content and for more information about our educational community, check us out at thetribeoftitans.info.